Welcome, gentle listeners, to Yeah Aha with Lisa and Phil. And of course, our frequent flyer co host, Aaron. Boy, his arms must be tired. Hi, Aaron. Ahoy, mateys. This week, we have uh, visiting with us Nick, and also we are going to be talking with Will the Thrill from the infamous or famous, if you like, Rock and Roll uh, Heaven podcast, one yes. of our favorites. <sighs> Greetings and salutations. You always you always prefer famous to infamous. It depends. Uh, as of late, we've broken our trend, though, with guests that are still with us. So we'll see oh, how wow. it goes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, hard to, it's hard to have a guest that's not still with you. But if we could, um, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That would be really cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for coming. And this week, we are talking about a band whom I never heard of until I was told we were having a podcast about it called... I am so sorry, Lisa. <laughs> W-E-E-N. Oh, that's okay. I listened to the songs, and I actually like some of them. I enjoyed the Quebec album. They they spell their name? Uh, that's what it is everywhere I did research. Yeah, but you didn't say the name. You just spelled it. Well, go sometimes I do that. Go ahead and say it. Ween. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Feels good. Sorry. Um, yes. Ween feels good. Sure. You like the way the ween feels. Indeed well, we you do. know what? My headphones are loud. You know how they got the name ween, right? Mm, no. Oh yes, a demon. Well, that's part of the the story, right? But the, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's one of probably three possible answers. I'll give it to. I'll give you credit. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think I know, but to why be don't we, fair, it's written up there somewhere. Why don't yeah. we let one of our well, we're, uh, we're more specifically talking about one album today, their yeah. masterpiece, The Mollusk. Yeah. Indeed, it is. So I've heard. What I'm getting at is the word "ween" is a it's a hybrid between the words "weird" and "penis," isn't it? Wuss and penis. Wuss and penis. That's w- it. Yeah, Wuss and Penis, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. So, basically, they're calling themselves Wussy Penis? Exactly. That would actually not be a bad name. There's no no E. Well, I guess there is an E sound, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's no E sound. Yeah, I guess there is. Ween. Ween. Has that been really established, or is that somebody's Wikipedia interpretation? I think that's just a Wikipediaism. I don't think they would... uh, I don't think they'd say, other than Boogniche. I I think... uh, yeah, Lisa had it. She nailed it. Yeah, I think it's largely left to mystery, and they prefer it that way. Yeah, kind of like Kiss. <laughs> yep. See, they um, according to you, you've got you've got the verifiable facts, and you've got the lore. Mm-hmm. By the lore, they're not even friends. They were thrown together by by Boogniche, mm-hmm. the demon. At, yeah, um, in high school, and see, they've been punished a couple of times. Once when uh, Jeaner tried to leave the band, I think, and the other time they don't talk about. They, he does have a side project, Moist Boys, right? They they have lots yeah. of side projects, both of them, yeah. There's the, the Dean Wayne group still, and I don't know if Jeaner uh, still does the Billy Joel thing, but uh, that would be a cool one to catch. And I was sorely mistaken. I, I originally claimed them from my home state of New Jersey, but they're one state over, New Hope, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yep, New Hope. But to be fair, they recorded in Trenton, so that is, mm-hmm. yeah, I can I can lay claim to at least that. And the mollusk was recorded largely on the the Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore, yeah, Long Island Beach, is it? Yeah, when you get down there, um, there's a lot of beaches in sequence. I actually looked it up and see if I had actually been there. Uh, I've not been to that particular stretch of the shore, but uh, I have visited, and I have a wonderful image in my head of how this would play out according to Dean's, according shall to- we say. Narrative history, yeah, which is yeah. really something. It's quite amazing. So, Will, you've been 
not to just one Ween concert. You've been to many, right? I had been to two within 48 hours. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, that is my claim to fame. I was first exposed to Ween in the mid '90s. Actually, the first album I heard was <laughs> was yeah was a uh, Chocolate and Cheese, which Sorry. um. Yeah, which largely I consider one of their that's, best. That's when you exposed yourself to Ween? Or they exposed themselves to me. You can take your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was in a 1981 Monte Carlo, which I will not forget. And uh, it's every shade of brown you can now imagine. Appropriate for Ween, considering one of their late albums, Painting the Town yeah. Brown. And uh, Voodoo yeah, Lady was actually the first song It was song silver when it started out. but it, Yeah, it, it could have been. And then the rust. I think it got browned. Yeah. Ween browned it. <laughs> Yeah, I did okay. listen to Voodoo Lady today by accident because I was on YouTube. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna try to hear a couple of these before the pod, and uh, that one came up ahead of anything yeah. from Demolis. But oh, did you listen yeah, to the pod? It's a good song. You're for, you're forgiven. Yeah, yeah. Voodoo Lady is good. It's quite catchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is uh, if, if someone goes to a Ween uh, Ween concert, it's sort of a jam band, right? I mean, do they have? Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of crossover mm-hmm. from um, their their songs band. aren't as long. Mm-hmm. And they don't segue, but they do mix their set lists up from night to night. And, and Diener uh, is known to take liberties on the guitar during live performance. Yeah, yeah. Diener's solos can go anywhere. I, which I can tell you how criminally overlooked he is as a guitar player. I think he gets unfairly lumped into that, that genre of music that is not quantifiable, um, ergo ween. But I challenge anyone to duplicate what he does. I'm not no means a guitar tech, but what that guy does is really something. It's, it's again, what is the, the phrase that's famous? Uh, the talent can hit the target no one else can hit, but genius hits the target no one else can see. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd lump Diener into that category. He's part guitar player, part mad scientist, and I think it's fun to watch. Is he a the main writer or do, are they kind of write? They're writing partners. Yeah. I think uh, Diener's largely the lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Diener's largely the music, but. I know, for example, the the mollusk, the title track to the to the album we we're supposed to be discussing already, <laughs> is uh, we got sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. but um, I like a little bit of an well, intro into the, ba- the band. Yeah. Welcome to it, I just wanted to tell this one story just for the songwriting bit that the keyboard part, the the little riff and the and the guitar, Dean had down on you know recorded in that house they rented in Long Island where they took either mushrooms or liquid acid every day. Anyway, he, he recorded the music, went out, uh, he called it shore casting, which means fishing, and uh, came back and Giner had written the lyrics. And Diener said, oh my God, we've got a title track. We've never had a title track before. <laughs> <laughs> and the amazing well, thing is, is they did this all during the winter, which is actually important later in the story. Um, yeah. as there well, they an, did this. There's an in, event. They did this in the <laughs> yeah. fall. And it continued. And left. Yeah. And when they came back in the winter to get their gear, they found out that the pipes had burst, and uh, there, you know, a lot of things about half the stuff was ruined. Huh. And it's interesting to picture the New Jersey Shore at that time of year because that's clearly not the season. And I think that's what they intended. That's, no, that's why they. That's be, why they had a cheap house yeah. out of the way from everybody where they could, you know, make music and trip balls. It, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Because and then they were recording prior and, and to that. Fish. Said, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, they were recording, I think, initially in their apartment. No, like when they first started. Yeah, they started out in their apartment in the pond. And um, by this point, I think they were both married. 
and they decided that to get back to their their roots or whatever they had to get in a house together at the same time they they kicked out i think his name's andrew weiss andrew weiss yeah he was their producer and he produced or mixed or did work on uh, the mollusk actually but he was also their bass player before that i think he also helped them record the pod and pure guava right i think all the albums before that he helped Mm -hmm. them a lot on and on this one they decided they had to go out on their own they ditched him as a bassist and they uh, recorded the what they recorded on the shore and then they formed the band the four piece that tours now is ween which is one of the the greatest parts is claude the drummer who was added you know like you said the previous album I remember when the Vegas shows were released, there was an open forum there. And in the chat notes was Claude saying, mm. I had no idea any of these dates were booked. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that gives a, a preface of what's to come. And we'll, we'll get to my, my opus later. But mm-hmm. first, uh, first on the album, I think is, is critical. Okay. Uh, I think we want to ask Aaron, how did you discover Ween? I discovered Ween from a podcast that I in turn discovered because I was searching for any podcasts talking about Philip K. Dick. Mm. And uh, they turned me on to not only Ween, but the Flaming Lips at the same time. So I went out and I think I got uh, Pure Guava, Chocolate and Cheese, and The Mollusk all at the same time, as well as um, Flaming Lips at War with the Mystics. Right. Probably went to the record mm. store to get those, right? And uh, I went to Fries. Fries? Mm-hmm. And to make this even more serendipitous, in the aforementioned 81 Monte Carlo, we listened to Ween on the way down to the Jersey Shore. And mm-hmm. while we were there, the car had been broken into. Not yeah. a single Ween album had been taken. All of them were left behind. God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell you. That's a bonus. That reminds me, we want to go to the dollar store and see all those fish CDs against the wall. <laughs> Quit <laughs> messing with it, <laughs> It's bad enough he's following Dick everywhere to get his music together. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> following Dick. Ding. Philip K. Um, oh, ha- hashtag Aaron follows Dick is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that, I'll put that on the Facebook there. Aaron follows. Um, follows sorry, Dick. do we need a language warning? Did Dick, I just uh... Dick? Dick got Aaron into Ween. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, you know, or Ween well, got Aaron uh, into. Nick, yeah. Fish, Fish does play um, every every Labor Day weekend. Fish plays at Dick's Sporting Goods Arena in in Colorado, and the saying is, you know, we love Dick's. Fish loves Dick's. Seems yeah. to fit. Cool. Yeah. All right, Nick, when did you discover it? Uh, Ween. A week or two ago? <laughs> week or two ago when I was told, was asked to be a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> I had never, uh, I'd heard of them before, but never heard any other music. <laughs> yeah. I expect anything that you or Phil would have heard would have probably been Push the Little Daisies, and that's about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe Freedom of 76. Yeah. I was watching cool. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> What the hell is this crap? <laughs> Mine has more bumps. <laughs> when you laugh, your baby bye, bye, bye. Hey Beavis, this guy sounds like you. <laughs> Shut up, fart knocker. <laughs> Dude's wearing a Yamaha.
Of course, <laughs> someone had to hear Ocean Man. I mean, it, mm. yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't watch SpongeBob. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, uh, are, were you clued into the fact that uh, Ween's the mollusk is the inspiration for SpongeBob? I'm pretty sure there were either mushrooms or acid involved in that inspiration as well, or both. I have no doubt. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't. I can't speak on Hillenberg's account, but. Uh, According to Deaner on his end, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's going to come out in more detail what we think. And, if, and uh, honestly, I can kind of hear, like, if that soundtrack were played during SpongeBob, I don't think anybody would blink. Well, I guess we'll, we should get it. Maybe we'll get into SpongeBob before we get into the album then, since we're kind of into it. Yeah, well, how do you, how do you want to do this? You want to break it down by track? You want to... Yeah, we'll, we'll break it down by track, but let's 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 go into the SpongeBob of it. Okay. Um, after shortly after this album was released, this uh, marine biologist Stephen it's, is it Hillenberg? Steve Hillenberg, yep. So uh, Steve Steve Hillenberg, after hearing this, contacted Ween, said that you know the album had influenced him, and he wants to make this uh, cartoon about underwater creatures, and uh, would they would they do a song for it? And they said, yeah, sure, we, you know, we'd be happy to. So he, they commissioned them to do a song about tying your shoes. And um, they said, yeah, well, we'd love to. And then they forgot all about it. And some deadline came up. And I think on Christmas Eve, there was, there was pressure to get it out. So they, they went and cut it in like one take very quickly and sent it in. And they said, yeah, perfect. Don't change a thing. And then they, it's called Loop to Loop. Now, was this before or after the Pizza Hut debacle? I don't know the Pizza Hut debacle. The Pizza Hut debacle was Pizza Hut had approached Ween uh, to do a, a jingle for them, basically. And mm-hmm. I think this was around the, I want to say it was just after the Mollusk came out, but Pizza Hut approached them and they sent in several tracks. And each one of them just gets rejected, rejected, rejected. And the final product that Ween sent in, which was also rejected, I believe is available on the Shinola album. Um, where the lyrics are... Is this Where the Cheese Go? That's the one, yep. Okay. Where the Cheese Go, I don't know. I don't know. know. Yeah. Where the Cheese Go, I don't know. I don't know. know. Where the Cheese Go, I don't don't know. know. And then Where the Expletive, Expletive Cheese Go. And uh, Pizza Hut declined, interestingly enough. I think they still got paid for it, though. One of the the fan groups on Facebook that I joined having to do with Ween, that was... uh, one of the questions that you have to ask is, uh, where'd the cheese go? I don't know. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it sticks with you. It really does. And our man Phil has returned. There he is. Um, and now he's leaving. Yeah, okay, I was trying well, to tell a story so- about my niece about seven or eight years ago. Uh, we were watching my niece, my grand, my aunt and I were watching her. And um, she's about, I guess, three or four. And she wanted to watch SpongeBob. And my aunt was like, Oh, honey, I don't know if SpongeBob's on right now. And I was like, oh, it's on. <laughs> SpongeBob is on. It's always on, just like uh, uh, like SUV, you know, always. I think there, I was just over 24 hours, I did a study oh, for uh, SVU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for SVU. And I found an, an episode of SVU uh, 24 hours, available 24 hours a day. And this was before we were off the grid. Well, I guess you could say a lot of kids are weaned on that type of music. (laughs) Putting the bow, I guess, on SpongeBob, Ocean Man plays at the end of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. And um, the voice that's in uh, the Blarney Stone sounds a lot like Mr. Krabs to me. 
Okay. Okay. I, on- I actually found the SpongeBob SquarePants kind of creepy at times. Yeah. The movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, my my kids in in their bathroom have drawn Squidward and SpongeBob look looking down and pointing and laughing, and it's hanging <laughs> over the bathroom. It's like they're pointing at your your junk. Mm. Yeah, that's disturbing. All of his kids yeah. are boys. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, Will knows them. Yeah, they're they're hiking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Aaron has put out a lot of male progeny. Your wife is a very patient woman. <laughs> yeah. There he go. Oh yeah, you would. Uh, yeah, you're part of the Scorpion Hill gang, so you know all about the proud of it. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. Hiking with them on several occasions. <laughs> and listening to Ween at that. He's like. We're like I I feel, I feel proud that you now hike with Aaron because we got you guys together. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened, awesome. yeah. A yeah. faithful breakfast at Jinkies. Who knew? Yeah, that's right. Oh, in an intimate setting like Thousand Oaks, you know, mm-hmm. they're bound to run into each other. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's kind of okay. like Norwood. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Yeah, except uh, except they're not they weren't in Thousand Oaks. So right. Oh well, yeah, they were about an hour away. Together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. So yeah. this album was not like I mean this is our sixth album we're talking about. Yeah, it came out right after um, Twelve mm-hmm. Golden Country Greats, which mm-hmm. is a great album in its own right. Yeah, contains ten country tracks. Album, right? yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yes, hence well, the name. Yeah, I, I got to yeah. hear that well, one. There's oh, only ten. One. There's only ten tracks on it, so don't look for eleven and twelve. Makes 12. it that makes it more yeah. humorous. Yeah, kind of like one of my favorite books, which is a five book trilogy. Yeah. Does that start with "Piss Up a Rope"? I don't think that's the first track. It might um, not be. I don't remember the the set list on that one. It's, it's been a while. It's um the thing about um the country album is they recorded it with session musicians and Ben Vaughn, who does a lot of TV mm. work. He did he did um that '70s show where they uh, he did I guess he does the interstitial music for it, and he reworked that big star song down the street or in the street. It starts with first track is I'm holding you, Aaron. That's the one. okay. Yep. And then it segues nicely into piss up a rope. Well, since you brought it up, I mean, is there a lot of like steel guitar banjo playing in that? Is it uh, harmonica? You know, is there some traditional American? Is there cowbell? Cowbell, yeah. I, w- I would I, guess cowbell out of all those. Actually, I intentionally didn't listen to it. <laughs> In the last several weeks, while yeah. I knew we were doing this, I didn't listen to any other Ween. Gotcha. Other than other than anything, um, the mollusk. Either, yeah, the mollusk or that on the mollusk sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably check that out now, just because it's you know. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's been years, and it's not something I put on very often. I probably spun it three times, maybe. You should you should play it. Play the whole album at top volume and refuse to tell anybody it's, why. Um, going no, on. It's, it's not appropriate <laughs> to play at top volume at all. <laughs> well, so we're but we're talking about the mollusk, right? But uh, oh, and <laughs> also make the whole family dress up in western wear. Yeah, <laughs> oh, was it on your knees, you big booty bitch, and suck my dick? Is that yep. what you said? Oh, wow. Yes, well, that is one all of the your lyrics, kids yeah. are over 18, Aaron. That's where the misogyny comes in. I, I wrote that. I saw somewhere that, you know, they've been accused of certain, you know, some inappropriate or politically incorrect lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've got yeah. quite a few homophobic lyrics. It seems and it's like every album up to this one. The further yeah, back you go, I think the more, the less scrupulous yeah. they are with those, with those um, uh, matters. Yeah. But do you think they're homophobic or do you think it's just lyrics? I don't know. 
Yeah, I think it's the nineties. Uh, Maybe Jeaner's closeted. Who knows? I mean, in the nineties. I mean, uh, even though there was, uh, you don't want to get in too much here. It was the nineties. Yeah, we had like Lilith Fair, and he had. But I don't. I wouldn't say like the grunge movement most politically. They had what's what? What did they have that was homophobic? Mm -hmm. Um, they had the song of Fred Durst, "Pump Some Faggots Gas" and "Think About Why New Hope Sucks." You're talking about um. There was the one uh, could be now that, that one's on the uh, pure guava. I just can't remember okay. the song. There's the one they did for the South Park album too, the the rainbow. So the many rainbow colors one. in the homo rainbow. I don't know if that was homophobic or not, but I think touch my tutor also has. Some... That's my tutor too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> let's uh, so why don't we just dive into it here and start with the track list and I'll try. I don't know if I'm going to play everything, but I thought maybe I'll play a little bit just to refresh people's memory. A snippet, but, you know, thirty seconds or so, and then we'll starts out with uh, "I'm dancing in the show tonight." Right, which, I'm is, which is how they opened the show that I saw with "Dancing in the Show Tonight." Alright, that should uh, spark your memories here, if they were short at all. Have me swinging. Lacking. Yeah, I mean, that's that sounds like something I would expect to hear at the circus or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, buying... Sounds more like a dance recital, like a little girl's you know, tap dance recital, or a you know, kind of a Tin Pan Alley vibe too. Mm, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. But I think mm. it's definitely indicative of the fact that everything that's about to come is not much like the previous track. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very eclectic yeah. album. It's, I mean, very different from track to track. And and this this one right here, you, um, I can't say that you know, I can't say that I would necessarily want this on a uh, like if if people well, still put. You know, like cassettes together, the favorite songs for a road trip or something. This would not be on there. Yeah. Uh, I might lead it off. <laughs> you had one of those DVD mixers that would pick randomly a track from each album mm-hmm. in the middle of a party. If this came on, you might get some looks. This came yeah. on every time. Now, right. now, wasn't wasn't one of the backing vocalists one of their friends? Like, two, it was like a two year old or something. Like their little kid is actually could on have the been. Album. Could yeah. well have been. I think it was one of Diener's friends. Uh, their kid had just been born. And I think they included the child speaking as part of the track, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. This um this reminds me of like uh when when you see shows where they have uh seaside entertainment, like Atlantic City, way back yeah. when with the harpsichord and the the you know, they have the little dances at those little shows and you go into those it little sounds places. like just what they want to evoke in you, actually. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. So they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. In that respect, that's a good mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah. you're talking about the Jersey Shore and everything. Yeah, it does have an Atlantic City type city. Yeah. You know, a kitty show that you can take your kid to, and then you know, drop them back off at the hotel and go gamble. Yeah, <laughs> I think this whole thing's too kind of. A, they're nervous about branching off without Andrew Weiss. And they, you know, they want to make sure, you know, is, is everything okay? Can we do this? That's mm. kind of what they're. That's kind of what the lyrics are saying. Mm. Do I have my shit together? Do I know it like I knew it last week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, right? the album is remarkably reflective. It's kind of like a weird list. prayer right before the title track. So you're saying, uh, re- oh, there's a raccoon. You're in saying reflective, Will. So you think like this is a juncture in their career where they're kind of. Yeah, know. I mean, you know, up till this point, their albums aren't really cohesive. Their, I mean, Chocolate and Cheese, which was, I think, up till this point, probably their most commercially successful album. Yeah. You know, might... as far as Ween goes, yeah. it's it's really a mix of songs. There's no through line, you know. And they had also just, you know, um, kicked out uh, Aaron, I believe. The, um, the so... twelve Golden Country Greats. No, yeah, that was yeah. A they kicked out um, Andrew Weiss. Andrew Weiss, yeah. So he's out of the picture. They have now this band together. Um, you know, I, I think it's largely them sort of stretching their creative wings a little bit and hoping it's going to come together at the end. So I think it, it's a great framing device for the album. And like I said, when I saw them live, it was very appropriate to see them coming on stage to this song. I, I was going to, I just want to say it's notable that it's based on a, a song by a girl, like a 10 year old girl, a Christmas song, Are My Ears On Straight about mm. a doll. It's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's creepier than the Ween song. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Nick's thoughts. Yeah, Nick. It's okay I to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it. There was only a couple I, I really wasn't real fond of. This was one of them. Uh, but it, 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 the whole album just kind of grown on me the more I've listened to it. But um, Yeah. But it kind of does hit for me. It had a carnival type sound to it in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah, All right. After, well, after you hear it five, ten, fifteen times, you you really come to love it. <laughs> really, it, it's funny to play through. It's gold. I'm not. I'm not going to challenge that. <laughs> All I, right. I, well, love the, I love the instrumental part. Right. That that break. It you know toward the end. It's got like Speaking maybe a saxophone uh, in there. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Speaking of an earworm, or it's starting to grow on you. I like. I see the next song. I like the mollusk, the title track mm-hmm. of the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lisa said it triggered her uh, misophonia. Thank you. So that that means it it's must be bad pretty... enough the name's misophonia without you putting Lisa on it. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it must be right in my wheelhouse if it triggered mm-hmm. your misophonia because it's like mm-hmm. that's a common refrain. Which is why I let you listen to music without me. <laughs> so let's play a little bit of that. It's that flute thing going on. So you did not collapse into no. a bundle on the floor. So Took the headphones. magical Long Beach Island flute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, I thought it sounded like, uh, you know, musically it sounded like being it's submerged right. in water and mm-hmm. hearing things yeah. uh, almost like in an aquarium or something. Mm-hmm. It definitely uh, dip- evokes that. And when you think that's tough to do with the, mm-hmm. with, I guess it was guitar, right? I mean, um, primary and keyboard. Yeah, I think there was a flute. Well, it's tough to create some kind of a textured uh, sound like that that's really evocative of something. Hence the genius of Dean Wing. Well, before before this album and before really Chocolate and Cheese or even that one, 
most of it was um, just the two of them doing things on a four track recorder and then performing on top of that. You know, mm-hmm. Diener with a guitar and Diener with a guitar or mandolin sometimes and uh, <laughs> just, you know, singing. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was an opportunity, <clears throat> their first opportunity, not their first, but, you know, they really had the the tools at their disposal to, you know, spread their wings and do creative stuff like, you know, we're seeing. Yeah, this, this one they formed the band that still goes today. They certainly uh, had rough times, though. Mm. Song after As the mullet. As a couple. And I don't mean couple in the sense that they were together as a couple, but like as as partners. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, not that there there would be anything anything wrong wrong with that. And of course, partners evokes the same thing now. So, and also Gene Gene battled addiction for some time. I think I think he's clean now, but he certainly had those demons to wrestle with. Yeah, they broke up the band for a few years. Yeah. Aw. Now has Dean ever been a vocalist? Yeah. Um he oh, sings yeah. some of the songs. He sings the Blarney Stone, for instance. Okay. I was wondering about that. Mm. You know. Philip doesn't care for that one. The Blarney Stone? Yeah. yeah. Get off my ass, you wee bitty fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if I pull out my claymore, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> That's not a song you forget easily. <clears throat> well yeah. the next song's what? Polka dot tail? Polka dot tail, yeah. Which I found out yesterday is actually a polka. Huh. Huh. The beat? Yeah. Did you have to dry your eye when you saw that puppy fly? Oh no. It's not the polka beat. It's just not presented as a polka. Well, it's named polka.tail. Right, right. So would they, the, theoretically, that would be played a lot faster, I guess, if somebody had an accordion, right? Or could I be. imagine. I don't, I don't know if there's a hard and fast rule on the tempo of a polka, but yeah, it's the right, it's, what is it, three and a half? Boom, boom, boom. I was going to say, of all the songs on this album, I think this sounds the most like their previous works. Like if you go back to yeah. Pure Guava and you go back to the pod, it has that tonality to it. Of just that kind of sort of raw modulated vocal kind of you know yeah it wouldn't record. be out of place on Pure Guava at all no exactly just that 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 feel of it is very much what they had on their older albums so that that this is almost like a throwback yeah there's an alternate mix that's even slower I think I heard not to get too far off track but I heard I always loved Long Black Veil mm-hmm. the version mm-hmm. that Cash does on um, Folsom um, Prison mm-hmm. Blues. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and, but the or the Folsom Prison album. But then right. he did another one on the uh, the other the other Quentin. album, he did, Tan Quentin, where it's a lot faster. And I guess the uh, original, the, you know, production was a lot faster. And I didn't like that nearly as much. So it's interesting you like how the slower one. Yeah, the slower one's so much better. I mean, it's just like so haunting and you know, just so beautiful, really. But uh, so it's interesting what they can do with the tempo of a song like that. But yeah. uh this one this song kinda has a flaming lips vibe to it more than any <laughs> of the other ones too. Mm. I, I I wouldn't be out of place on a flaming lips album, I don't think. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um didn't I saw something Nick, you said something about that song on the thread earlier today. I, I asked earlier, um, if, did you ever make a flan and squish it in your hand? Yeah. Uh okay. I actually have. Oh no. no. Mm-hmm. Tell me it ain't so. 
<laughs> so okay, so uh, the next track, Aaron drew my attention to it. Before, you know, when we started talking about this, because he wanted me to hear the guitar solo, mm. and I heard it, and I liked the guitar solo. But ever since, I was trying to find a reason why he found <laughs> it. Because to me, it sounded I, I liked it. Okay, but it mm. sounded like uh, the Ramones or something. It sounded like punk rock. It right? is a very Ramones-ish song. Yeah, yeah. That that song, um, his uh, guitar tech or whatever made some kind of pedal out of parts from Radio Shack. I think he called it a ring modulator or something like that. It's like a, okay. like a wah-wah pedal. Gotcha. And it only worked for that one take, and then it never worked again. And that's the <laughs> take that went on the album. <laughs> so how might that have sound when they did it live? Probably a little different. Um, well, I have a really good live version if you want to check it out. Okay. Yeah. Can you play it? I will uh, send you the link. and. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I heard that one live. I don't think they did that one. This Let's... one, um, dadgummit. Let me, uh, I'll slack it to you. All right. Meanwhile, I'm going to play the studio. I got a Chevy with a Mopar cam. I got a Chevy with a Mopar cam. I'll be your John Nolan. Just going into the solo there. <laughs> Never be duplicate. So, Diener. <laughs> I don't think the Ramones ever played anything as polished as that on <laughs> the guitar solo. <laughs> It's like a laser tone to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, very trippy. But um, did did you get the link in uh, Slack? Uh, sure, I did. Let's see. Just didn't look yet. I like the, the guitar top. in this one too. It's like a, it's painted like a Rasta guitar or something. Mm-hmm. I think if they do it live, they just kind of let Diener go on that one. Like, yeah, do your thing, he, he does. Yeah, <laughs> let it's it like rip. A showcase. Yeah. Probably gives Gene a chance to chip off change and take a drink of water. Yeah, give him a little break. Yeah. I don't see it, Aaron. <laughs> um, You know what? Hold on. Oh, there we go. He's actually singing on that version instead of doing the Lou Reed talk. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which he does. Yeah, it, it almost yeah. sounds like uh, it gets even better. Geners, he finishes one of these verses. With, I'll be your Johnny on the spot, and then walks. He does this funny <laughs> face and then stumbles away from the mic, sort of. Because one yeah. one one time they covered uh, what is it? It's going to be a long night by mm-hmm. I want to say Motorhead, mm-hmm. and it's it's again the guitar wise very similar. Some of their mm-hmm. stuff sounds like Motorhead. Phil pointed that out too, I think. Sure. It's more yeah, on it metal, wasn't, yeah. It wasn't on this song. It was another song that's coming up. It's in my notes. But yeah, I was thinking to us that man, that Waving sounds like my dick in the wind, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I think your the original was by Motorhead and Wings covered it. 
Uh-huh. But, but one of these songs, Phil said this, you know, sounds like Motorhead, and I thought, well, he's not wrong. Yeah, it might cite them among their influences if he got down to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What'll well, come up? But um, the the trap you fall into when you listen, and this is new music to some of us. When you listen to new music, is comparing it to other bands. So I don't, you know, it's not. I think that's a shortcut to kind of describing for a novice that doesn't know music that well, you know, what what you're experiencing. You know, it's hard to do with Ween or <laughs> Frank Zappa or Fish. Yeah, it is hard, but you do see, you do. That's that's the common out. thread of of bands that I'm really into, isn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. hard to compare them to other stuff. We have um, come to mutilated lips. Unless you get something else to add. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe on their influences, mm-hmm. there's a Yellow Submarine influence for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they cop to a Pink Floyd influence. Yeah, and sure. Diener Diener mentioned Donovan. He said, uh, no, he's, 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 "There's a lot of nautical shit there." <laughs> Some of the vocals sound like Peter Gabriel era Genesis. On yeah. uh, was it? She wanted to leave. I think. Well, that's just because Peter Gabriel's creepy. Oh, don't no. tell our boss. Next <laughs> I would be tired. There's um, there's surf music influence, I think, in Pink Eye on My Leg, and there's uh, Jimmy Buffett influence on uh, one of these songs that we'll get to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Let's go with the little mutilated lips. That seems to me to have kind of a rock or a rap cadence to it, kind of. The chorus, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bordering like spoken word almost. Mm-hmm. It's a, that, um, that strikes me as very Beatles-esque. Something about that. Sort of that layered kind of vo- vocal tracks and um, just kind of... And then, then whatever's going on in the background there with the... You know, it's very just... You kind of get lost. At this This rapidly became one of my favorite songs on this album. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics make no sense to me. No, they're all <laughs> over the board. Yeah. I don't think they I've, yeah. I've got I a lot. Tentacles in my these mind. lyrics, these lyrics unlock the whole thing. I kind of let Will in on some of my wacky conspiracy here. Well, that, that should be good. What do you got? <laughs> um, well, it's my whole Rastafarian influence theory. And it's it's going throughout the album if if you go down the wat, the rabbit hole far enough. But um, it's the the verse you just played. Find me the skull of Haile Selassie. I that uh, got me wondering who who's Haile Selassie. So I started doing some research, and he was like he was the emperor of Ethiopia and the Messiah of Rastafarianism. His his title his name before he became the emperor was Rastafari. And um, they they pronounce the the Roman numeral one. The Rastafarians pronounce it as I, like um. And um, 
when they say I and I, that's like the Rastafarian for God. I think that's the reason they pronounce the I for Haile Selassie I. Anyway, the skull of Haile Selassie I got me thinking, well, okay, in his mind, I would be God. So I started replacing everywhere they put the word I in here with God or the I of God. And it gets real trippy with some of the lyrics with them. Child without an eye, I cannot re- reveal the words of the golden eel, all kinds of wacky stuff. Mm. But um, it's pretty trippy and it comes up over and over again. But nobody else has had this whack, whack, wackadoodle, whack job theory. But yeah. I think while they were doing acid, I'm proud and, of you, Aaron. And all this, you know, everything's connected kind of thing was going on. It mm. just went into this. Yeah. It's around the time his bones were found, too. When the time they were recording, they were recording this. Wow, that's mm. that's good, man. That's fascinating. I should go yeah, in my you show you notes. Fill up in there. But there should be, yeah. There should be a. Anytime there's bones found, <laughs> there should there should be a carrot, I guess, in the show notes. You know, you got to listen to the, the fifty minute mark or whatever. And <laughs> up, you're gonna crack the code. The real trippy code cracking mm. stuff, yeah. But um, yeah, mutilated lips cracked that code, and mm-hmm. then I, I went back and it all, you know. They all, all the songs have multiple meanings now. Okay. Well, let's uh, keep let's keep it going here with the the Blarney Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit about it already, but I'll go ahead and play a little bit of. Uh... in a pineapple oh, under the sea. Is that common? What's Is what Right on the counter in the uh, in the local pub? Uh, it's going stale. Yeah, mm. it's going. Yeah. I always picture that being sung by a Muppet who didn't quite make the cut. And so now he's <laughs> kind of gigging out in like dive yeah. bars. Um, or in like that, you know, Peter Jackson meet the Feebles, like that kind of world too. But uh, yeah. there's definitely some kind of, you know, furry creature belting that out. <laughs> Not exactly Cookie Monster Rock, but no, not as not as family friendly. But the, the show I saw in in Vegas actually rock. closed with that one. That was the last song they yeah. did, and the crowd was just every bit as excited as you'd imagine. The the live in Chicago version is is pretty awesome to watch. I can imagine that would be popular in Chicago for sure. But kind of reminds me of Dropkick Murphys a little bit. Although I mean, it's just yeah, a lot. You know, it's Irish sounding, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that I enjoyed that to an extent. I don't know again mm-hmm. if it would go on my travel tape. You know? I researched. Uh, they got me to research the legend of the Blarney Stone. Since I too. put together our travel itinerary music, yeah. probably not. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? What do you? What happens when you kiss the Blarney Stone? What? What you get? What you're awarded uh, yeah, with? Yeah, you get the ability to uh, prevaricate. To love. That's a word. Yeah, I like. Yeah, you you get the gift of persuasion, the gift of gab, and yeah. probably with that, the gift to lie, the ability to lie. Yeah, yeah. My mom was good at uh, persuasion and uh, and all of that. She never really resorted to lying. She didn't need to. Well, she was good. 
We know someone yeah, who indirectly um, got fired got, for yeah. kissing the Blarney Stone. Yeah. Wait, they got, oh, they got yeah. fired for doing it? Well, well it's a friend of the family who's <laughs> been on the show, but indirectly she went to Ireland, mm-hmm. kissed the Blarney Stone, got stuck <laughs> in Ireland, couldn't get back to work on time, and they fired her. Because, because of that she was volcano thing. Uh, she missed uh, a full flight. Yeah. How can you hold that against her? Come on. Yeah, that's brutal. Still, it's a volcanic eruption in Iceland, not like, you know. It's on the news. Yeah. <laughs> She's better off today. So, yeah, yeah much better. You landed yeah. on her feet. but yeah. All right. So Definitely. it's going to be all right. I found this to be the most mm-hmm. conventional song of the album. Hmm. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a thing you had to look for. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, conventional. So that up. This one, are, and she wanted to leave pretty conventional, too. Yeah, that one, too. But the lyrics are so weird. I love these guitars swirling. Yeah, I like this. Interject here that um, tequila, orange popsicle, and grape popsicle—not the best combination for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> doesn't sound that way. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Neither do I. So, um, I think uh, yeah, Geener's marriage was clearly in trouble at this point, and he's off mm-hmm. recording with Geener in this house on the on the shore doing acid every day. Mm. And um, but this song's about. Uh, what he he left he left the woman and he's trying to convince her that she's better off without him and trying to convince himself that he it's okay that he did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having kind of, seen, go ahead, Will. I think it sort of ties to the song that'll you know close out the album. Yeah, well, not close out the album, but later on, I think those yeah, two they're, are they're, they're bookends. Yeah. yeah, of the same story, which is I think biographical. So having having seen him live, where would a song? As mellow and as we said, conventional as this, where would that be long on a Oh, they they kind of steer clear of those. Uh, oh. The closest they came, at least in the show that I saw, they did uh, Mr. Won't You Please Help My Pony. But, uh, I got a version here, uh, 1998, January 15th, Tramps, NYC. Very nice. Uh, I mean, for the most part, it was their high energy stuff. So, you know, they'll occasionally do a, a slower tempo song, but I, I've never heard this one live. So, yeah, they that's the kind of song that you don't bring out as often. So they go nuts for it. But they did do baby bitch. So take that for what it's worth. So is it, baby bitch slow or fast? It's slow. Very slow. Okay. So Quill, real quick. I've always wondered in rock and roll heaven, when you guys start talking about, let's pause here and we're going to play a song. You guys sit there and listen to the song the way we're doing right now. Or do you mm-hmm. stitch it in? No, we we listen to it. Uh, the exception would be a closing song. Uh, we don't always listen to that together, but if it's in show, we do listen together. No. Okay. Oh. All right. So, um, Nick, do you have any comments about that one? Uh, no, that one was that one was a pretty good one. I actually uh, somewhat enjoyed that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no dark barking yeah. dogs. No. Right. Right. We're, we're, we haven't gotten yeah. to that one yet. That one had the least bit of weirdness of maybe any yeah. other song. Yeah. We haven't got to that one yet. <laughs> All right. 
So let's move along here to the golden eel. <laughs> So I like the version that uh, Aaron put in the chat earlier better. Uh, on, on this album, anyway, they seem to like to stitch in some odd, out-of-place uh, sound effects. It, they do that on any album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, is, that is kind Every of their calling card, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, was, that a, was that like a demo version, the stripped-down version that I, that I pasted? I can't even remember which... Oh no, it was the live one from Viva yeah, it Variety. It was the live one. Mm-hmm. Viva Variety was a great yeah. show. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that show. I like uh, uh, uh Lennon. Thomas, Tom Thomas Lennon, Lennon and um and, and Carrie Kinney. Yeah. And shout out to them who were just on Basic. I listened to that episode recently. It's a great episode. Yeah. 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 Lynn Lin Lee's uh she's assistant producer. Uh yeah, she's one of the assist- associate producers of uh associate the Basic producer. Podcast, yeah. Yeah, she gets a shout out at the end of every. Uh, she's in the credits at the end of every episode. Yeah, right. that's one of those shows that I didn't like at first until I realized what the premise was, and then I uh-huh. went back and watched it and just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. they gave. I don't uh, remember that one. Yeah, it was some... between the state and Reno nine one one. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the whole concept is Tom Lennon describes his best on the podcast when he said it's like one of those European shows you watch where there's a bunch of people in bathing suits and everybody's screaming. Everybody's smoking. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's the whole, the no, whole concept is that they're a divorced couple and they're from, I think I want to say Belgium or. Yeah. I think Belgium something like that. And, but they're, and they're, they're still together. And they're... yeah. And if you watch it through that lens, it's absolutely hysterical. They have a weird fake French accents. It's, Oh God. But it's, it's killer. Yeah, but from, from Reno nine one one, their deputy dangle and uh, Weigert. Like her, yep. Femme fatale. Yeah. Through most of it, she plays this like sexy femme fatale. Right. Yeah. Before a uh, cold blows the wind, how about we take a quick break? Uh, hey, 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 hey. So, Will Lindley does re- Lindley does realize when the day comes that Phil Collins is eligible for your show that everybody's going to vote her to do his story. Correct. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you guys do. Oh, I, I think I definitely will. That would be so incredibly satisfying. You have no idea. He was God. just in the news for something recently. Last I saw him on TV, he looks bad. He, yeah, I don't not think it's well. going to. I don't think it's going to be much longer, unfortunately. Yeah, he, was like, he was like criticizing other acts. I didn't yeah. see that. I just know yeah. he looks he looks ill, and he's been battling all kinds of things for for years now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that would be hilarious if the sitting in the stool. Where, where on the doll did he hurt you? He didn't like none. he didn't like Pink Floyd. That's one of the things that came out of it. Oh, he came out and bashed Pink Floyd. Said something about Paul McCartney too. I think. I wonder if he's just old and reaching that point of I don't care what people think anymore, you know? Probably. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go after all these people because what are they going to do? You know? See, my theory was that he either she either ran across him in person at one point or somebody she knows did. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has never met him. She doesn't really listen okay. to his music. 
it's her hatred for him is so hilariously unfounded. It's a it's a great ongoing <laughs> joke. It's kind of like my dislike yes. for Michael Sarah. Yeah, I, I enjoy really? pointing it out, mm. throwing a, the occasional Phil Collins meme out there for her. Here is there we go. something specific in, in to two... the Michael Sarah thing, or just no, it rubs you the wrong way? I've There's decided... some Phil Collins go- hotness, yes. some goss for you. <laughs> in 2016, you. he told the Sunday Times, "I met with him, McCartney." When I was working at the Buckingham Palace party back in 2002, McCartney came up with Heather Mills, and I had a first edition of The Beatles by Hunter Davies. And I said, hey, Paul, do you mind signing this for me? And he said, oh, Heather, our little Phil's a bit of a, bit of a Beatles fan. And I thought, you fuck, you fuck. Never forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually read his book, and he is not shy about bashing Zeppelin, and he's not shy about bashing Eric Clapton. He just goes right out. Oh, him. wow. Yeah. yeah it Phil, sounds like uh, he's he's letting it all fly. I think he's just, yeah. yeah. Well, I know at Live Aid, he uh, played for Zeppelin, and then he at the same day, he played in London, in London yep. for... That's right. He did both coasts. He flew the Concorde, yep. He, yeah. he did Philly and L.A., right? Or he both did. coasts. And both the reason con- he, he wasn't at the top of his game, he totally threw Zeppelin under the bus in his book. I remember we, we got to school the next day or the Monday after, and Phil and I asked our friend our friend Mooney, we're like, did you see Zeppelin? He looked at us and said, that wasn't Zeppelin, man. And, <laughs> oh, right. He was right on many levels, right? I yes. mean, the show was not that good, and it wasn't Bonzo wasn't there, right? So yeah, I mean that's yeah, he's not there, right? I think it's his son took over, right? I think it's Bonham's son, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. But yeah. the the way he delivered that, yeah, I I'll never forget it. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't Zeppelin, man. <laughs> um, he does have a uh, a special kind of delivery with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not allowed to say his nickname anymore, but Aaron is. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's yeah. all about. Oh, well, I don't want. Well, has he asked you not to call him Mooney anymore, Aaron? Um, no, I'm allowed. I'm the only yeah. one allowed. Okay. But he'll correct me if I were to call him that. He would correct me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's, all right, David. Man. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and thank you for the theme song, David T and Mojo Three. Right. Yes, they wrote. They wrote our theme song. They wrote our theme song. So. Oh, did they really? Yeah. They did. It's the Yeah Uh Huh theme song. That's the official yeah. name. Um, we need some barbecue for locals that have been on the podcast. We should. You know? Yeah. We could do it at a park. You could cook at a park easily as easily as at home. Right. You could do your ribs because they are freaking, oh my goodness. He had, excusing you, Aaron, of course we do tofu, but oh my God, his ribs. Right. Well, I put them online so because, good. I put them on Facebook because a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, TJ put his ribs mm-hmm. on uh on mm-hmm. Facebook, and they look. Yeah. So I was like, "All right, mm-hmm. here we go." Here's mine. Yep. Nice. And he, yeah. he liked it, so he mm-hmm. saw it. So yeah. that was a. Now I look at somebody's abs. Welcome to drop by, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> what he loves say? a smoker. He loves. That is that like looking at somebody's abs, They're putting their ribs up? There. <laughs> yeah, right. People put food on their, you know. Oh, that, okay. Philip only does it when you get something particular. Food, food ribs. R- food yeah. ribs. Yeah, yeah. You can't that, see my ribs. I mean, it's some, ribs. something that my uh, something that my dad would find a challenge. <laughs> He'd probably start barbecuing just to try and top your ribs. Yeah, he would. Man. Which he wouldn't be able to do. All right, so this is about the point when I was reviewing this album, where I was like, okay, it's been okay, but we got. Six more songs ago, right? 
<laughs> it's like, holy shit, there's 14 songs in this album. Yeah. I think the whole song, the whole album's like 45 minutes, though. They're all short. Yeah, 44 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's 14, 14 songs, songs in 14 that songs, yeah. space of time. 15, really. It wasn't laborious. Not, not in a bad way, just, you I, know. On my spreadsheet here, I've got the, the reprise listed on its own line, so there's 15 even though it's part nice. of the same track. And then they do a re-release like 2012 or something where they added two or three tracks or something like that. Mm. I thought I read they, that. They may have, but they released something called the Mollusk Sessions. Okay. Which is where okay. all the demo versions of everything are. Oh. oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and play a little bit of Cold Wind. Cold Blows the Wind. Mm. And see what kind of comments which that is- generates. One day, but when twelve months were come and gone, this young man arose. What makes you weep down by my grave? I can't take my repose. One kiss. One kiss of your lily white lips One kiss is all I crave One kiss, one kiss of your lily white lips And return back to your grave Okay, kind of morbid mm-hmm. Yeah to know your theory on that one, Aaron. Well, that song is the first thing they recorded when they got to the house, and it set the tone for everything. It is a sea shanty. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeaner had a book of sea shanties that w- I think it was just lyrics and no music, so they really had no idea how it went other than you know the words to it, and that's uh, that's the first thing they recorded in in that house on the shore, mm-hmm. and they're acid soaked. Mm-hmm weeks of frivolity but it's not a uh, acidic frivolity not a light-hearted <laughs> song though when you listen to the, mm-hmm. the lyrics no so, it's like no. a woman keeps visiting a grave and mm-hmm. after what is it after a year and a day comes back and says get out of here I'm trying to rest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she just wants to kiss his dead lips but yeah, she'll end up dead yeah. So this might bring down the energy in the crowd, right? In a live show. Yeah, I think it's too clear of that one. You'd think, but... Well, I have a version from Red Rocks, 2017, July 12th. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd Red, went berserk. Red Rocks, mind you. A slightly kickier version. <laughs> um, Red Rocks, I don't know if it's any kickier. Mm. You need you need come down song, songs after mm-hmm. some real face-melting yeah. screamers. Sometimes yeah. after Johnny on the spot, you might need you might need to have a cold blows the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you are. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Petty had room at the top. Of course, he wouldn't play it after Great a song. certain point. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, the next one is Nick's favorite. I know. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him. Mm-hmm. Top, top pick for Nick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say you were just if you were making fun of him. He got ah instrumental. Let's go ahead and play some of that. 
was what was Lisa asking there? Is that a Swiffer? Zither. What's a Zither? Zither. Z i t h e r. Zither. What's a Zither? It's a. It's kind of like a, an electronic xylophone. Oh, that's a guitar. No, well, it's a different kind of electronic xylophone. Wait, More flat, like a right? xylophone, but different. But I mean, I mean, what's being played in the song is a guitar. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it it sounded a bit like a zither. I don't. I don't. I couldn't speak to that. I don't know what a zither is. You'll have to look it up. To to me, that song sounds again like it's uh, doing some amazing things with um, sounds to generate a, a, a an aquatic mm-hmm. uh, atmosphere. All being drowned out by the very loud vacuum. Yeah, and you <laughs> and you cut it off before the random dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but like if I was to like smoke a big bowl of something herbal and turn on Jacques Cousteau, I might turn down Jacques Cousteau and turn that up and listen while the fishy goes, yeah. you know, going around the coral. Yeah, it's kind of surf music underneath, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did make some interesting choices later in the song, as Nick has pointed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they have one instrumental on every album they have. No. Yeah, I think they and the Flaming Lips were both doing that every year. Mm-hmm. And the Flaming Lips won a couple Grammys, and then they got rid of the uh, they got rid of the best rock instrumental category after a couple of them. Unfortunately, yeah, it is sad. Um, yeah, I just feel like uh, I, my, my my live version recommendation for this one: Bend, Oregon, July first, twenty seventeen. There you go. <laughs> oh wow, that's actually more recent than I thought it would be. Didn't you think the baseline had a little? Steely I love the bass in there. Yeah. yeah. Flavor to it. Yeah. Like New New Frontiers. Remember that song, New Frontiers? Um, so I like that one. You know, it's idiosyncratic, different. The groaning at the end was a little distracting. Uh, yeah. A burp, really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's awesome it. watching him do it live. He just walks up. He does the barks, too. Junior walks up. Woof. the dog will be played by gene reed so here we go with uh something entirely inappropriate and uh, this one um they couldn't decide whether they couldn't decide whether to put it well they obviously did decide but they all it could have it almost went on 12 golden country greats i think Mm -hmm. but he kept it back put it on the mollusk Mm. it doesn't seem to be um nautical not no. at all. <laughs> Not necessarily, right? Yeah, but you know, the uh, exception proves the rule. Hmm. Yeah, you should see old Jimmy it? Wilson dance, waving my dick in the wind. Because you're a real dance. good dancer. <laughs> yeah, they could have put this on the country Pretty mean bastard. Dance, Jimmy. All right, I didn't even get to the explicit uh, part, but she—that's pretty good, probably. That's pretty. Uh, I can say unabashedly that song always makes me laugh. It yeah. always makes me laugh. <laughs> You could just put it on, and I'll start cackling. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see where that might have belonged on the country album. You know, it's kind of good. Yeah. Maybe you slowed it down a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I love I love that run. Did have the uh, the the freaks, so to speak, on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. You know, you could pay them for whatever, and they do whatever. Yeah, those who have been Lester. to Atlantic City know how true that is. Yes, I, I like how they rhyme uh, like a verse apart. That pig's a pretty mean bastard, and because you're a really good dancer, bastard and dancer, forced rhyme at its best. Oh, and that song always makes me laugh. I'm like that's the kid in me. I don't know. It's it's, it's the best. And the um, the mollusk sessions version, you can hear more of Jimmy talking. <laughs> Can't okay. dance like I used to. I'm old. <laughs> and that's kind of covered up with noise in the version <laughs> I gotta go back and listen to those demos that's gotta be hilarious yeah I've, I've got links in this uh, Google Doc I think I put, it, I put it in the chat hopefully you can access it I don't know <laughs> but um, yeah I've got alt versions and live versions of everything I could okay yeah well maybe I'll let you do the show notes this time because I, I ran out of shit today <laughs> Yeah, and I was yeah. like, this way, welcome to, yeah, listen to it. We got a writer here and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> who reads this crap anyway? Yeah. Whenever he asks, I do the blurb and he says I do a good job. That's what I call the show notes, the blurb. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. they say it's important though. Like if you yeah. read the podcast guidelines, it's like you, you need to have good show notes. Show notes. I, I agree. I, kind of like I the think, book um, description that makes you what, sell, sell whether you're interested enough to, buy the book or not yeah well the best show notes going are um, effectively wild the the fangraphs baseball podcast their mm. show notes are are solid and links to everything you, you yeah. sent me that one too and i have enjoyed it that's mm. that's one of my faves effectively mm. wild i've been listening to the athletic baseball podcast are you a, a super baseball fan tj will will will, will? yes sorry He's a I Mets am. fan. I try to remember it's TJ, Mets? not JT. Wait a minute, we got the wrong Rock and Roll Heaven guy. What the oh, heck, shit. We booked the wrong guy. Oh, guests. man, sorry. The we yeah. got the From wrong the guy. the first time you guys were on our podcast, and I called him JT like three times. Yeah. <laughs> and Lindley I'm, just laughed. I am a longtime uh, Aaron Nosis New York Mets fan, who are probably the, what, second, third best team in baseball at the moment. So, All right, so Buckingham Green. Let's play a little Buckingham Green here. Nice. Child without an eye. All right, do the solo. So I managed to hit both solos. Rock, yeah, <laughs> that raged. <laughs> go, man. So, but the child without an eye made her mother cry. It seemed to have a tempo of a march, is what I wrote. It sort of, but aside from the solos, and those yeah. are some pretty face peeling solos there. I could imagine that. Uh, Th- these are pretty mature guitar lines. I mean, layers. It's, it's like all, a it all- prog song. Yeah, taking the piss out of Prague. Pretty much, yeah. It's also almost like, like again, in that era, Aaron, almost like early 80s Metallica, especially that intro. It, yeah. It's it very well, much the one that sounds like Peter Gabriel, of... I think. Like, Peter sure. Gabriel going, yeah. child without an eye. But mm-hmm. um, this that actually 
was inspired by uh, there's a strip mall called Buckingham Green, and I guess he saw a a, a mother with a one eyed kid going in there. <laughs> that inspired the line, and then it went off and got weird. I think it was it was largely built. I mean, in this case, it was sort of built around Diener's guitar work. I think it was one of those rare cases where it was almost music first, lyrics second. I think. Yeah, yeah. But this band will jump up and surprise you. I mean, they, they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, very musically talented, um, guitar vo- virtuosity and some yeah. of the solos. I mean, he's. Go- I give him points for going there. It's again like a mad scientist concept. You know, he doesn't always get it right, but points for going there. You know, because yeah. people will even that's, attempt that. That's why they get the jam band community uh, acceptance. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was a happy accident. That's the spirit of it, right there. Yeah. yeah. Listen to that song in total. You catch uh, some more of the uh, the story and the, and the, and the, the lyrics, yeah. but uh, then the um, the extended really version. There's mm. a whole other thing of spoken lyrics. Yep. On the, you know, Child of Eye, all that stuff goes on and on and on and on and on. Right. But, um, Speaking of on and on and on, now we're at Ocean <laughs> Man. Ocean Man. We should probably yes. spend a little bit of time in Ocean Man because it's probably, it might be the most uh, heralded song from the album because of SquarePants Association, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yep. So. Let's see. Um, got- Diener right. said they made more money off of Ocean Man than anything else because of that. Oh, I movie. believe it. And I think I don't know if they. I don't know if I heard. I think it was Gener, Gene say that you know the Mollusk was his favorite al- album, or if Ocean Man was his favorite song. But if something, you know, it's kind of one and the same. He, We're talking he about- definitely said the Mollusk was his favorite album. Yeah. And um, Gene said the same thing. He said uh, when all said and done, yeah, it's probably the Mollusk. They're yeah, they they reached a, a sort of height of, you know, artistic maturity that I sadly don't think they recaptured, you know, nothing against yeah. White Pepper or Quebec, but when you're talking about a thematic album, which is rare anyway, you know, I, I think this represents sort of their magnum opus in that sense of there's a through line, the songs do connect lyrically, they connect, you know, in tonality, and you don't really get that again. So it's mm. almost like they peaked at that point. Yeah, this one has Gener on mandolin. Yep, <laughs> which apparently they couldn't stop him from playing. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to me, it's it sounds especially if you listen to the Mollusk Sessions version, it sounds like Margaritaville. Dun, 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 dun. I've yeah. never connected that, but now that you said it, it makes a ton of sense. Right. So I included Jimmy Buffett in the list of uh, influences, and it sticks with the ocean beach. Right. Yeah. And I keep right, thinking Beatles, nothing, nothing's yeah. more beach than Jimmy Buffett, right? That's true. And I keep hearing Beatles with again those layered vocals and kind oh, of that yeah. crunchy guitar work. I, I'd be shocked. Yellow submarine. Was... There you go. Yeah. Octopus's garden. Octopus's yeah. garden. Mm-hmm. All right, let's yeah. play a little bit of this. Like this on the show. <laughs> All right, Ocean Man. Another smoking solo. Oh, yeah. Chocolate and cheese album. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was thinking Philip might like that as an MP as a uh, 
as a, a, a you know as a vinyl on the shelf. But oh, nice! They didn't do it in vinyl, apparently. Yeah, they had all their albums made in vinyl in small really? amounts, if if not just for them. Yeah, oh, okay. I was reading that in an interview. Is that too. why it's one hundred and thirty dollars on eBay? Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me you can get the pod on vinyl? Diener said they got them all on vinyl. Oh, what a terrifying thought. He he is it was an interview where he's talking about how um, he went from uh, hating CDs because they killed albums to now hating um, streaming because it killed CDs too. Mm-hmm. And now albums are back, which is kind of cool, but yeah. yeah. But how it, back, you know? At his heart, I think he's a musical purist in that sense. You know, he kind of likes the imperfections. He kind of likes, you know, that, well, he, that he feel likes the, of a record. He likes the yeah. big record that you can unfold and clean a joint in, is what he said. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a great housing space for a substance of your choosing. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, we shouldn't joke about that, because again, he was an addict for a very long time. That's yeah. tragic, yeah. Yeah, it's like or, every album he's got, I'm sure, has a few seeds in the, the binder. And, and to the point, Aaron, was you and I discussed, it, it did lead to the band almost going away completely oh Geener's problem yeah. yeah it was it was deaner that was saying about the albums but yeah it's Geener that was mm-hmm. uh he had the famous incident in uh vancouver was it yeah where he was um uh, it was really too trash to be on stage mm-hmm. and um the the drummer and deaner i think got up and left and uh about two songs later the bass player and keyboard player left and then Geener stayed out there you know, belting out wasted songs for for a while at some point on his back. I guess you could call that devotion. Well, after was, that tour, it was the breakup. You want to spin it correctly? Is that what they're referring to as the Vancouver incident or something? Yeah, yeah. that would be the Vancouver incident. Okay, so yeah, that was a that was a momentous point in there. That was like what twenty twenty two thousand eight? No, eleven. Was know. that late? I don't. I don't have my dates in wow. front of me. Well, Vancouver well, meltdown. Yeah, 2011. Uh, wow. Okay. I guess. Then they stayed broken up for about five years, mm. and Trey made a plea. Made a plea from stage to uh, Mickey and Aaron to get back together. He was at. Oh. Uh, I think he was at Blossom in Cleveland. I just saw that documentary this weekend. Trey Anastasio. That's a that good one. Right. Yeah, we might get together and do something about that or something. You should, you should check out the other one, I, the link I sent you for um, Bittersweet Motel. You can see you can see them all on drugs, and that that's from okay. '98. Oh, goody! There's a bucket list item. You're, you're seeing you're seeing see cleaned a bunch up of guys on drugs. You're, you're seeing cleaned up happy go lucky tray. You gotta see you gotta see the darkness. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I? I want to watch the one on Zappa too. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we're Zappa's 14. Great. So uh, we're at the end here. Uh, she wanted to leave um she wanted to leave and as you said this kind of like ties in with uh an earlier song on the album it's It's gonna gonna be be all right right. yeah um so let's go ahead and play a little bit of that and then we'll close out the proceedings here for the evening i 
Put down Aria Speedwagon. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. nails it. It just gives Kinda. me a little bit of an eighties musically, a little yeah. like a Harry Chapin vibe, or sort of the the really theatrical meatloaf, especially the end part where uh, so bring us a bottle of rum, my friends, and fill up my glass to the rim. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's very Harry Chapin right there. Right. I'll give you one that LD would love, just in her wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, she's uh, not a fan of Lightfoot yeah, either. It's, um, yeah, I know she but I could, I could see some Gordon Lightfoot in there, too. Yeah, for sure. It's as close thing to a, quote, normal song, I think, on the album. You know, Gordon Lightfoot's plenty nautical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a perfect eclectic this, an eclectic... The song mystified me at first, because he's... He's out at sea. Three men in a ship come take his wife away. But all the while she wanted to leave, so he can't rescue her. So I'm assuming that those men were like divorce attorneys. I see. Okay. Or she could just be a tramp. She could be a tramp. Mm-hmm. She could yeah. be getting, you know, railed by three pirates. Yeah. Right. yeah. Don't know enough about Aaron's former wife to say, so. Yeah. Feel such things would be accusatory. <laughs> I believe he's still on yeah. his first wife, so. No, Aaron is, uh. No, Gina. Aaron. Dean, yes. Oh, yeah. Different Aaron. Yeah. Gina, right. yeah. Well. Yes. Okay, so. That, okay. Then, um, that flows into, um, the reprise of mm-hmm. I'm Dancing in the Show Tonight. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is Phil's, Phil's favorite piece of music from the album, as we've established. Right. But it gives it some symmetry, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love it. I love that ending with the, with the wind coming up. Yeah, I'd I'd been listening to this on every hike for last several weeks, or not every hike, every hike where I listen to anything. Mm-hmm. And it's um, if I have a a shirt with a pocket, it's in my little shirt pocket. Otherwise, it's uh, right behind my head in the backpack. Mm-hmm. But um, cool. Yeah, now, a, go ahead. I was gonna say, am I correct in thinking, Aaron? Only you and I had heard this prior to. To oh yeah to record this right so nick yeah and lisa and phil this was new to, to all of you is that correct? new to all of them yeah yes yeah. okay yeah got it so right. first impressions of yeah, it's, okay. it's, it should be a new yeah. uh a new bit aaron makes phil listen to stuff i like i like that <laughs> yeah i do like i it. think yeah. he'd be open. aaron's all right so wow we got you well, t- neatly within the two-hour window that we well, look at that yes for will as prescribed. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Four minutes to. It is now 10 p.m. Yeah. That... I have 25 well. minutes to get ready for bed. <laughs> I thank you and Nick for coming on. It's yeah. been... Thanks, guys. It was fun. My pleasure. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thanks, for, uh, thanks. thanks for being a sport and listening to some challenging <laughs> weird <Yeah>. music. <laughs> That's off to you, Nick. I'm sure when you first got this album to listen to, you were like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's... <laughs> It's uh, it's like Frank Zappa kind of. You, yeah. you, anytime you listen to something some Zappa you haven't heard before, you need to give it like three spins. Yeah, <laughs> I think before you can really decide, you know, because something you hated you know, on the first one, you're like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I was I was telling Aaron that uh, in college, in college, I actually dated a girl solely for the reason that her handle on AOL Instant Messenger was Ween Quash. She enjoyed the Ween. 
it was also a, a union sparked by AOL Instant Messenger, so I think that'll give you a lot of subtext and clarity for how things played out. Yeah, it's been a blast. We really enjoyed it. Been yeah. fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, one minute to spare for that two minute, two hour mark. So. Yeah. Nice. Well right. done. We'll turn Great in the pumpkins. Everybody. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. See you, Will. Nice meeting you. See you guys later. You Thanks, too, Nick. Nick and Will. Bye, Thank guys. you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for coming. Bye. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Hey.